Welcome back to Booze and Buffy, a podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel, one by one. We will be spoiler-free of future details in either series, but don't be surprised if we get a little spoilery when we talk about previous things from previous episodes on the podcast. I'm Jason, and don't worry, Angel, I don't know who David Pamer's brother Steve is either. <laughs> yes, and uh, wishing dearly that this entire episode was just Cordelia's party, I'm Harrison. Uh, Jason, what episode are we watching today? Harrison, today we are watching Angel, Season 1, Episode 13, She. This is the one where Angel teams up with a warrior princess... Unfortunately, not the warrior princess that we all want. Mm -hmm. uh, and tries to save uh, demon girls from being circumcised by demon men. Mm-hmm. She was written by Marty Noxon and David Greenwalt. Marty, David, we expect more from you. <laughs> and was directed by David Greenwalt. It originally aired on February 8th, 2000. Hit that intro music, Jason. Even though I'm the one who hits the intro music. Beep! <laughs> Jason! Why don't you tell me what you're drinking this week? Um, Harrison, I'm just drinking a simple glass of red wine that, uh, my old, that my old roommate left uh, when she moved out. Okay. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to let wine go to waste. No, I'd be, you'd, I'd fire you from this podcast. <laughs> I'd be like, you're out! Um, lovely, lovely. Do you know it, what type is, do you know what type it is? Or is it just like a red blend or something? Um, yeah, it's a simple, like, uh, red table wine. Okay. All right. All right. Lovely. Uh, I'm drinking a vodka and Sprite. Um, I don't know if that has a fancy name or not, um, or if it's just vodka and Sprite. Vodka and Sprite name. Let's see. Let's see what Google says. It's a vodka with Sprite. <laughs> well, at least you know what you're getting with that drink. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um yeah, vodka with Sprite. That's you know, pretty simple on my end, too. All right, Jason, would you like to lead us in a toast for an angel episode? Here is to all of our lovely listeners uh, who um, I feel like we don't give too many shout-outs to in these toasts anymore because we're looking for uh, other things to shout-out. Mm -hmm. But uh, we love you guys, and thanks for listening in. Yeah, cheers. Clink. Oh, yum. <laughs> so, mm, <vodka. laughs> so before we like get into this, I want to make um, a connection to another series like maybe possibly worst episode. So listeners who either have listened to our hot takes episode or picked up on my tone during last week's uh outro <laughs> i hate this episode it is my least favorite episode of the show um watching it today i was like you know objectively i, I think expecting is worse 
Yeah, I was actually thinking the same thing. I'm like, you know, this this isn't great by any means, but it's also not as bad as expecting. I just this episode is so is nothing to me. It like I watched it two it's hours ago. Super forgettable. Yeah, it's it's. I watched it two hours ago, and it's almost out of my head. I like. Jason, like, I'm going to be relying really heavily on the plot synopsis. Um, and that's not good. That's not good. But um, the connection I want to make is with the actress Bai Ling, who plays Jira. Um, I was looking over her filmography. Um, she's got a quite extensive filmography, um, um, most of which I haven't seen. She's uh, a lot of work in China. Um, she's a Chinese actress. Um, but... There was one credit of hers that stuck out to me, and I went... Is it the Lost episode? It is the Lost episode, (laughs) Stranger in a Strange Land, which is my least fucking favorite episode of Lost. That is actually probably like the, uh, if there was a consensus on the worst episode of Lost, um, you know, from people who actually like the show, not people who are assholes just say like, oh, the finale sucked, then, um... Like, actual fans of the show would say that uh, it would be Stranger in a Strange Land. Yeah, it's such a pointless episode. It's the episode that answered the question exactly no one was asking. Where did Jack get his tattoos? And the answer was, I don't even fucking remember who goddamn cares. You know what's really funny is that uh, there's a five on that tattoo. Um and it is because, uh, and Matthew Fox got it because of, um... Oh, Party of Five, right? Yeah, he was on Party of Five. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's just so, it boggles my mind that the show was like, what's the mystery behind Jack's tattoos? And I was like, why does there have to be a mystery? He just has tattoos. Like, I'm... <laughs> well, there is, there is the fan theory that, um, uh, ABC was pushing the creators of Lost uh to um continue the show for as long as they could because hey it was really popular and um the creators of lost decided to make this episode stranger in a strange land intentionally bad say to demonstrate to the network executives that um was like hey if you make us draw this show out and like have these 22 episode seasons over and over again then you're going to get crap like this. Um, I, now, that's not confirmed. <laughs> it was shortly after that episode, though, that ABC announced that it was ending at season six. So And, and seasons four, five, and six were going to be shorter than mm-hmm. the previous seasons. Yep. So I guess we can potentially thank Stranger in a Strange Land for, for something. Um, but that's not why we're here. Um Harrison's trying to to put this off as long as he can. (laughs) Um, I I feel bad for Byling, though, because I I think she's fine in this episode. I don't think, like, her performance is fine. It's just such a forgettable character. Um, That's not the only thing about it that's forgettable. Yes. Um, But yeah, uh, let's go ahead and start off with uh, quite possibly the only high point in this episode. Uh, So... Not good to peek at the very beginning. Yeah, um, no. but we but Cordelia's throwing a party with all of her friends and yeah. and uh, including Wesley and Angel, Aww. and Wesley is. Uh, I I love how the Buffy Wiki describes it. 
Um, at a party in Cordelia Chase's beautiful new apartment, Wesley participates with unselfconscious enjoyment. Yep. Meaning that he looks absolutely ridiculous, but he doesn't care. He's he having is, such it, a good time. He is enjoying like the mini Rubens and shrimp puffs. Uh, he doesn't care. He's ready to like start flirting with some girls or fillies as he calls them. Yeah. Don't know how I feel Did, about that. Didn't like that. <laughs> <laughs> um he's showing he's rocking that uh knit sweater okay yeah i was like oh who is that chris evans in knives out (laughs) (laughs) um unfortunately angel believe it or not parties aren't his thing what (laughs) wait a minute are you telling me that angel's standing in a corner talking to no one i can't believe it he does eventually talk with Phantom Dennis. Uh, I liked that. I thought that was fun. It's like, uh, the only the only person that I can talk to is a ghost. <laughs> um, and uh, it is... Uh, but yeah, Angel is obviously not comfortable in the slightest. Um, Cordelia's friend comes up to... Laura, she comes up and asks Angel if, she want, if he wants to dance... Angel then has a flash of what it would look like if he got on the floor and danced. And oh my god, it is the greatest thing ever. It's so funny. <laughs> but it does it does it feel like to you like it comes out of a completely different show? Like we we were dropped into a sitcom for like a couple minutes. <laughs> See, th- there's actually... Like, I liked um, it, but yeah. Yeah, no, it, it's so good. Um, another funny moment that I uh, didn't notice until I watched it this time, uh, when Wes uh, originally tries like talking to that girl who compliments his sweater, he just immediately drops the ball, and you can see Angel like uh, holding back a laugh, like an <laughs> obvious smile. I don't know if that was in the script or if that was just David Boreanaz's like trying not to break character but either way it fit in perfectly um but yeah uh angel says oh i don't dance uh goes into the kitchen and uh is able to talk to phantom dennis who gives him a uh who gives him a very uh a very generic beer which apparently has draft in the name (laughs) yep but guess what? This generic beer is not uncommon because there's a guy at an ice factory who also is drinking. <laughs> According to the Buffy Wiki, a man standing watching an ice factory has just popped open and taken a sip from his own cold one. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> when he hears spooky voices crying from inside the coffin-sized crate he's guarding. Yeah, um, I feel like long wooden boxes in the Buffyverse are just bad. Yeah. Like, uh, when was the last time something good came out of a long wooden box? It definitely was not Buffy's 17th birthday. (laughs) Um, but yeah, he thinks that, uh, he hears noises coming from this box. There's light inside of it, like the, uh like the briefcase in Pulp Fiction. (laughs) And uh, he opens it up and basically is just staring at whatever's inside there. 
And then we have the opening credits. Yay! Is it just me, or did it feel like that uh, that cold open lasted a lot longer than they typically do? Yes. It it felt, yeah, it felt really long to me. Because, like, usually I think three to four, they're in, like, the three to four minutes range. And this one felt like it hit five. Um, I didn't again, go into time also, it specifically, but... Yeah, yeah, that could also just be the fact that so much of this, sh- of this episode drags. Yes. Um, and that... And as we mentioned at the top of the episode, this is quite forgettable. It is quite forgettable episode. And it really just does seem like... It, it honestly seems like it was an outline of some ideas. Mm-hmm. And then they had to like write some stuff to get from point A to point B. Um, like, we, we have angels. Like, when Angel goes and uh, investigates... Um, the body any first encounter or no he investigates um the guy who died he investigates his office it feels like they spend at least three or four minutes just of him like looking in his desk and finding mm-hmm. random stuff that in the end doesn't seem to actually amount to anything and then he finally meets jira um so yeah it takes forever yeah. for her to enter the plot and the episode's about her so like um also just outside of the boringness of this episode i do not think the show is prepared uh especially not at this stage in its existence to properly take on the very serious subject of female genital mutilation um it's it's a very serious subject and yeah, I don't. I don't and, know that. And, yeah, and this, this episode does an absolutely terrible job of conveying the gravitas exactly. of that situation. Yeah. It, it more just kind of comes across as like, oh, hey, here's here's something else that happens in like a demon dimension. Yeah. Uh, Yikes. But yeah, um, so Angel's trying to uh, tell Cordelia that he enjoyed the party, and Cordelia kind of immediately rounds on him, saying like. Oh, lucky lucky you were there and able to suck all the energy from the room. <laughs> and okay. Cordelia invited Angel. She should have known. Yeah. <laughs> she she knows at this point I'd say that she knows Angel better than mo- than almost anybody except maybe Buffy. Mm. And um and I mean I guess you could say like uh Spike or um or Drusilla or somebody who like spent a lot of years with him but Maybe. we're talking about we're talking about like post curse yeah i would say they've definitely um, known him like the longest of course but yeah cordelia has known him the longest her and buffy have known him the longest in like this iteration of him and and yeah and here's the thing i've actually had a couple of parties where i've invited some people that maybe don't do too well on the social scene um and you know they've spent they spend time just kind of sitting there at the party and i don't i don't pressure them to like get involved with anything if they just like want to sit there i'm happy that they came and uh obviously you are not one of these people harrison because you have to be like kind of the center of everything mm-hmm. and, i like and, attention uh, yes Sue he me. really does <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, um, don't. So yeah, I I didn't really like Cordelia in this scene. Like, don't don't like hassle Angel for like th- throwing him into a situation that you know he wouldn't be good at. Um, then Wesley comes in and. Uh, Cordelia says that uh, Wesley was cooler at the party than Angel, which causes Angel to just feel depressed. <laughs> um, Wesley's trying to find any of the uh, leftover uh, shrimp puffs, and that's when um, Angel's like, "Hey, are you broke?" And uh, and Wesley, of course, stammers his way to like, "Oh, well, a man's finances are his own business. Like, you want a job?" He's like, "God, yes, finally." <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. It, we all kind of knew this was coming, and I, I, I actually do kind of like that it's official now in such a in such a small way, <laughs> and um, and then Wesley spends the rest of the episode trying to kiss Angel's ass and prove that he's a good employee. Um, I really loved um, Cordelia, like being like, "Welcome to the team." Turning to Angel, do I have to take a pay cut? No. Welcome to the team. We're so glad <laughs> to have you. <laughs> um, and then um, this is a really, I really like this transition when um, Cordelia says something about, uh, uh, gosh, what is it? Someone says something about not wanting to be like super sentimental or something. And that's when Cordelia goes, hold me. And at first Angel's like, what? What are you talking about? And then she's like, hold me. Yeah, because she goes into an incredibly painful vision. Um, A gross uh, vision, too. Yeah. Um, This guy's eyeballs pop out. This seems like it's probably, out of all the visions we've seen from Cordy thus far, this one seems like it's taken the biggest toll on her. Um, Yeah, she does does need, like, that uh, ice water to her head mm -hmm. uh, to um, recover. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're, 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 we're seeing these visions get progressively more difficult for Cordy to handle. Um, and you know, that'll, that'll be a thing going forward. Perhaps Um, she does, she does give a silent thank you to Doyle, Mm -hmm. uh, sarcastic thank you to Doyle. Uh, so. Love that little bit of continuity. Um. Yep. You know, that's what we talked about in Hero, about, you know, Doyle's dead, but whose memory lives on in these, like, little moments, um, that feel... They feel naturalistic, you know? Um, and here's here's something I actually do like. Um, they uh, Cordelia gives them the address, and it actually shows them looking for sewer access, and there is no sewer mm-hmm. access to, uh, to where they need to go, the Jericho Ice Factory. And uh, so Angel's like, oh, well, we'll drive then. And, you know, it's, it's really small, but it is like, oh, it's very convenient that Angel's been able to use the sewers as much as he had. So I like that they're kind of like saying, oh, you know, it's not always that easy. Mm-hmm. Um, that's actually like a, a little extra bit of the daily grind of Angel Investigations that I'm okay with there being in the show. Yeah, oh uh, yeah. I like that those details too cuz it makes it feel the world feel lived in and like And it also yeah, and also it doesn't take a long time either. You're like mm-hmm. you're talking about like this may be like 20 seconds. Yeah. Oh yeah. 
Um, they end up going to, they end up going to this ice factory. Uh, Angel goes in on his own, and he sees uh, the corpse of the guard that's been incinerated. Um, he sees the crate, the bad box, which is containing ice, and um, then he hears a noise. And when he, uh, and when he, um, is able to, uh, catch the guy, um, it turns out to be a demon that looks pretty much just like a bargain basement Star Trek alien. Mm-hmm. Um, and his name is Tay. Uh, God, nice, nice name there. Uh, who, and, um, he says that he is from a dimension, from another dimension, and um, he's looking for a demon that is not just any demon. It is a vessel of pure rage. It nearly destroyed his. Uh, it nearly destroyed his world, and now he's worried that it's going to destroy our world. Whoa, chill, dude. <laughs> just chill. Take take advantage of being inside an ice factory and chill. <laughs> Um, is this our first reference to other dimensions in uh, in Angel specifically? They do. Um, uh, th- when Angel brings up portals, this does uh, like Cordelia does make a big deal out of it. Mm-hmm. So it seems that way. Okay, because I know we've gotten into it a little bit on Buffy. Like um, obviously the hell dimension that Angel was in, and. Um, the uh the the other hell dimension that uh buffy went to in the in the season three premiere um so yeah i love this i i do like this i don't like this episode obviously but i i do like this little bit of expanding of our world and uh and into others potentially yeah um so now angel is able to get the uh card of the uh of the security guard and finds out that he's a private investigator, and so he go. He decides to go into a. Um, his name is Wilkers, I believe. Um, he yep. goes into his office, and he does it in a most spectacular way, uh, with the door being locked to the office building. He goes to the side of the building and then uses, not one, but two grappling hooks. Okay, Batman. I think he I think he was tired of the Batman comparisons and it's just like, well, people are going to compare me to Batman then I'm going to be twice as good <laughs> as Batman. So, two grappling hooks, <laughs> which he actually uses later on in the episode. Um so we technically have Chekhov smoking grappling hooks. <laughs> Love that. Uh, oh goodness. But yeah, as I mentioned before, um yeah, he <laughs> I like how um I like how the Buffy wow I keep referencing the Buffy wiki on this one it's like Jimming open the desk drawer Angel finds an envelope containing an invoice for Jericho Ice which he pockets and a large amount of cash which he doesn't <laughs> Cordelia <laughs> would be so mad if she found <laughs> she out she really would she'd be furious um but yeah like that like I said that scene it seems like it takes at least after the awesomeness of the grappling hooks it seems like we're there for at least two full minutes Mm -hmm. of just angel kind of snooping through the desk 
And the only thing that we really get out of that is like, oh, he's got an invoice. And that's yeah. when that's when uh Angel is electrified um and thrown against a wall uh by a female demon who is played by Biling. Mm-hmm. And uh and she and fucks then, up uh, his shit. She really does. Like Angel doesn't know what to do. And <laughs> yeah. and um then she gets a call saying that uh she's and she says she's basically gone our way. So she's like, "Oh, well, see you later." And uh and goes de- and um she's able to uh get into her car not before Angel jumps off of the roof of the building and then uh starts to follow her. Then we have this really strange scene that honestly like i was just like why are they doing this and i, I think it was meant for laughs but i it got nothing from me no, nothing um me. yeah like uh angel has a cell phone now welcome to the year 2000 <laughs> yeah hey in all fairness i didn't get my first cell phone until like uh 2007 so uh yeah i think it was like two i got my first one in 2006 uh during my freshman year of high school and I only got it that year because I was doing uh, theater and like staying after school for rehearsals um, that didn't necessarily always have like set end times. Um, so that was, I, my parents literally got it for me. So I'd be able to call them to tell them that we were done and to come get me. So uh, what's really interesting is the reason that the event that made it so that we got cell phones right away uh was one day there was a power outage at um our house and uh the phones weren't working and so my dad was like wow we're in a lot of trouble if we don't have phones to like call people in case of an emergency if all we have is this like if all we have is this uh, blacked out telephone Mm -hmm. so uh then like shortly after was when uh my mom, my brother, and I got our first cell phones. It took a while for my dad to get on the uh, get on the cell phone train, but eventually we all did. I like how it seems like it was his idea, but he was still like, but not for me. Not for me. <laughs> well, at, oh, at this funny. point, he still had a pager. So um, he thought that... Uh, I think he thought that that was okay for the time being. Um so yeah, we we were in a very strange uh we we're in a very strange uh place between pagers and cell phones. Oh yes. Um so then uh yeah, but Angel basically has a conversation with Cordelia that is cut off frequently by um just a bad signal. Yeah. Uh he even like there's even like a bit where he's trying to get the cord out and try to connect the phone to the to the cigarette lighter of the car and to charge it and yeah i i i guess i just don't see this as funny it's not funny and like i was thinking maybe this was funnier in 2000 where cell phones were newer 
and people and, were still trying to get the hang of them and they're like oh yeah i've totally been there yeah uh, so it might just be that this is a joke that's very much of a specific moment in time and just doesn't play as well now where phones are more ubiquitous and more reliable and you know that would be but, interesting yeah. that this is like this is the first time that something an angel has felt incredibly dated mm-hmm. because um while they do while they are clearly using old technology i mean the first episode has angel we see angel like looking up those files on that computer and it looks like oh yeah. man that's the internet back then but uh at the same time it's it's not like oh my god this is so old but this really does feel just old yeah uh, so weird i mean we're 21 years in the past that's true fucking me up man fucking me up. yeah yeah these episodes are <laughs> these episodes are ordering their drinks man uh, but uh wesley does in fact find the um find uh the name of of the uh of the original demon tay that uh that angel met and so he says oh well there's like a new demon um and uh she's kind of hot <laughs> that's that's the impression that we get from angel it's like oh yep. man i'm kind of not gonna lie she's kind of attractive and she is she is she's very yeah. very beautiful at this point um the female demon and we're just gonna go ahead and call her jira despite the fact that angel doesn't know her name yet yeah. um she did she re- she knows that angel is following her so she goes into a museum and it immediately uh, goes up to a security guard and says, oh, there's a man following me. That's pretty slick. Very slick. I'm not going to lie. Angel's ol- just a little slicker. Yeah, the only thing that is possibly slicker is what Angel does and that he immediately realizes what she did, takes off his coat because he assumes that that's going to be the, his biggest identifier, which he's right, mm-hmm. and then... Gives a presentation on a was it a Matisse painting? Um, oh gosh, uh, Manet. It was Manet. Yeah, it was La Musique. Okay. Uh, yeah, and uh, it is a very well informed essay. I mean, hell, who knew that Angel would be like such an art, uh, such an arty. This this felt true to me. Uh, we've seen um. We we saw back in Buffy there season three him reading uh, uh, nausea by um, what's his French name um, uh, Sartre uh, and so I you know I feel like it's we've it's been established that Angel is cultured I mean he's been around yeah. a long ass time to to learn this shit yeah so, and, and um, I do like how he throws in the. Uh... The extra little bit about the uh, one of the people depicted in the painting. It's like, oh, he was a lot shorter and much drunker than he is depicted here. <laughs> yeah. Great. Just um, great. Uh, so I'm guessing the implication is supposed to be that Angel was, like, around when this painting was being painted. And, like, <laughs> knows the subjects of the painting. Which, actually, I kind of fucking love that. Um, yeah, no, that, that's also that's also a really fun little moment. It it's amazing how hit and miss this episode is so far, right? Um, but uh, you know what's crazy is that we are, 
I think at this point we're like 15 minutes into the episode at least, and we still don't really know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like we at least in other episodes, even if they're moving slowly, we have a little bit of an idea of what's happening. I mean, um, dude, I've watched the whole episode and I still barely know what's going on. <laughs> uh, well, we're about to get into that. Um, so uh, Angel spots uh, Jira going into a storage room where they're doing art restoration. And when Angel comes in, uh, she's like, oh, you're not human. And and so she just immediately thinks, oh, are you a vampire? It's like, yep. <laughs> and she's like, hey, yep, yep, well, yep. Get, yep, get out of here. Um, but unfortunately, uh, right at that time, a portal opens because portals portals and uh portals and a another and another female of this uh race i honestly don't even remember what they're called the co um, uh yeah or, they're from odin tall that's where it is um so uh this odin tall this female odin tall demon falls uh out of the portal and um and uh jira is immediately trying to uh like get her out of there um she doesn't have any clothes so angel like uh grabs like a grabs like a sheet or a tarp or whatever Mm -hmm. and uh puts it over um puts it over her and uh notices that she has um ridges running along her spine um of course then uh before this girl and jira can get out Tay and his uh, team of all guys come into the room with weapons and uh, Jira and Angel fight them uh, and give them a pretty good looking. I'm not going to lie. But uh, unfortunately, there were too many in Tay's team and uh, they're able to get the girl and drive away with her. Um and uh, Angel asks uh, Jira what's going to happen to her, and she says that she will be unmade. This is where uh, we see um, the male demons taking the girl to their hideout, and um, they have a clamping tool mm-hmm. that uh, basically they um, aim right for the uh, ridges on her back, and... Uh, and um, the girl screams in agony as they basically just start cutting. Yeah. It's uh, very, very upsetting. Um, I mean, you know how I feel about portrayals of sexual violence on screen. And that's what this is. Um, um, you know, it's different because she's a different species. So it's not the exact same form of sexual violence. And we also don't used. exactly yeah. know that that's what Ugh. it is. Um, yeah. It... Because it's a scene, it's in the next scene when we finally get yeah. the explanation for what's going on. Yeah, I feel like even without the explanation, though, and it, maybe this is just because I've seen the episode before, it still felt rapey to me. Um, well, I mean, like, you, you could say that about, what it was. you could say that about, like, any kind of, like, non-consensual. That's true. Non-consensual thing, like, I mean, yeah, that it, it's. All in all, it's not great. Yeah. Um, Don't love it. Don't. So, love it. Uh, 
Jira is in Angel's apartment. She introduces herself, and um, she says that, uh, oh, I thought that vampires were killers, and um, and he's like, oh, well, I was cursed, and she's like, oh, well, cursed to help people, and uh, yeah, she gets the briefest explanation, the briefest synopsis of Angel so far. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, um, which still felt too long. Like, a yeah. lot of this episode felt like filler, and this felt like filler right here. Like, like, like I said, like, I, I feel like the, this, we had an outline, and mm-hmm. we basically just had filler getting us from point A to point B. Yeah. It's very Game of Thrones season eight. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, you're not wrong. It's, yeah, because, like, what... It, what why is it important for angel to tell her like his whole history he hasn't really done that for any other like person case of the week leading up to this um it doesn't do anything helpful for the audience because we already know the information um yeah it just feels like it was there to fill out time yeah that's pretty much it i don't have anything else to add <laughs> it, but, um Sorry, man. Like you're you're putting me through the ringer, going through all this, uh, <laughs> go, doing all the episode summary. Um, but now we finally get the explanation that uh, Jira is actually a princess from the Odin Tal dimension, and uh, in this dimension, uh, women have um, women have the co. That's what it is. That's what the co is, and it's a part of their body that is external and it is the source of their desires and passions and it um and also what um what she refers to as sexual powers um and uh which i i like the idea of sexuality being a power that's Mm -hmm. um oh yeah that's empowering um for lack of a better word uh (laughs) but yeah and says like uh and like the and she says the co can even um even uh oh that's she says physical and sexual power and uh you know i'm just gonna read what the what the buffy wiki says because it probably has a better explanation than me um okay jira tells angel that for the women of odin tall the personality is located in an area of the body called the co so it's not just that it's the personality too so that's that's crazy the source of their desires and passions. At this, Jira turns her back to Angel and shows him the raised ridges running from several inches long her spine. Angel, who found Jira attractive at first sight, is now deeply aroused by her nearness and bends his head closer to her vulnerable neck. Resisting his own desires, he listens as Jira tells him that the men of her dimension control the women by cutting out the co, thus removing their physical and sexual power, their volition. We give up dreaming, she tells him bleakly. And uh, we later see that um, the the uh, girl that the Odin Tall men did uh, cut basically becomes subservient. Mm-hmm. And uh, another thing to note is that they refer to the females as it. Yeah. Um, gross. Yeah, that is gross. And um, uh, so it's kind of like not only are we kind of dealing with like female circumcision here, but also kind of a lobotomy as well, like at, yeah. at the same time. And uh, what Jira has been doing is trying to uh, find these girls as they come into our dimension and save them. Uh, but the re- but when um, when their co first activates, 
they can't really control it and this leads to um this leads to things like the guard uh being burned and uh that's why they need the ice to uh to basically keep that in check so it really sounds like um it's the oncoming of puberty mm-hmm. uh yeah 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 and like like i said these are obviously very sensitive subjects and it seems like this is i don't know almost like the writers are trying to get some low-hanging fruit and uh be like oh if we grab these sensitive topics then basically no matter what we put in the episode it'll be like kind of a Mm -hmm. it'll be like an eyebrow razor at the very least like people will get interested in it yeah Uh, well it's kind of like how glee for example would do like every week it was like a new like you know what's in the news topic of the week psa sort of thing but done in a way like in this episode it's yeah it's saying like female uh circumcision is bad which yes um but it doesn't have anything else to say about it other than is bad um, and that's just kind of lazy, um, and doesn't do, it does, it does, in my opinion, a disservice to a really sensitive, really important, um, really serious topic. Oh, there's the name of the species, the Vigories of Odental. Um, sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here's the thing, though. The Buffy Wiki makes reference to Angel's desire for, uh for jira building and i don't think this was very well conveyed um yeah i didn't really get the sense of that and then they make the joke later that angel needed a shower and i'm like oh because he was turned on um it just yeah i don't know like it it all comes across as very not great and i have and there's no point (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and and unfortunately, I think what they're trying to do is connect it back to Angel not being able to flirt at the party. Because um, he does mention to Cordelia, you know how I am around women. And if and if they're trying to like make the connection to that, that's even worse. Oh my god, I hope they weren't, because that's embarrassing if that was what they were trying to do. Yeah. Um, um, yikes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, um... Wesley is able to uh Wesley's able to find out that um the figuries uh have to eat half their weight in food each day and their food is uh rotted plants they're herbivores or as Wesley says herbivores <laughs> um so Cordelia and Wesley decide to go um on their own to a large plant nursery and uh, they hear their plans to capture Princess Jira. And uh, then we find Jira um, has gone to uh, a place called the Palm Ridge Spa. And uh, this is where she has, um, this is where she has been hiding the girls who have come before. Um, and she's been able to save. And there are nice little like whirlpool tubs that are filled with ice. And, um, nice. yeah, the spa's proprietor, Mars, is actually played by, uh, Sean Gunn, playing a very yeah. Sean Gunn character. Um, I forgot that 
Sean Gunn had two roles in this show. Um, <laughs> after be like, I obviously I remembered obviously his role from Hero because that episode is quite memorable. Um, so when he showed up here, I was like, oh, hello again. So Jira realizes that um, they don't have a lot of time left, so uh, she needs to um, move the girls as soon as she can. Uh, Cordelia and Wesley figure out that um, the Vigories know where... um, They figured out where Jira and the other girls are because there's been big shipments of ice to that... uh, to a certain place, and they're like, all right, well, let's go get him. So Cordelia and, we- Cordelia and Wesley go back to um, go back to Angel's apartment where he's coming from the shower. And uh, All right. Gay agenda. Angel in the shower. Angel shirtless coming out of the shower. Boy, what really can we get to... up to in the shower with Angel? Oh, Angel, let me, uh, let me get you all soapy and... Uh, you need to get clean. We have to get you clean everywhere, Angel. Okay, I'm done. Are you sure? <laughs> maybe, maybe you need a whirlpool tub full of ice. Listen, I'm done for now. Once we finish <laughs> recording, I might uh, start back up again. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, um, <laughs> when, uh, when Wesley mentions that they were talking about uh, following large shipments of ice... Um, we've got Chekhov's smoking invoice. Uh, are we getting, are we, are we using that too much? No, there's no okay. such thing as too much Chekhov's, etc. Chekhov's smoking something. <laughs> um, but, uh, so he pulls out the, uh, invoice that he got from Wilker's office and, uh, realizes, oh, this must be where they're going to go. Uh, so Angel gets to the Palm Ridge Spa first. And uh, and he finds Jira, um, and uh, she's like, oh, well, we're leaving tomorrow. And he's like, uh, no, like you don't have that much time. And uh, Cordelia and Wesley are like, yeah, they're here now. Um, so uh, Angel asks Wesley and Cordelia to get the girls up and get them into the uh, boxes filled with ice in the uh, truck. And... Uh, and uh, meanwhile, uh, Mars does his best to hold uh, hold Tay and his team back. But I mean, he's Sean Gunn. He's not going to do much. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, he has not played a single threatening character in his entire life. Nope. Um, <laughs> even his Guardians of the Galaxy character. Uh, but, uh, and especially his Gilmore Girls character. Oh boy. Can we talk about Gilmore Girls? I'm done talking about this episode. <laughs> no, no, we're almost there. We're we're almost at the end. Um So uh So uh Angel and Jira are able to fight Tay and his men. Um they they get a hold of Wesley and Cordelia and uh they're taking hostage, so uh Tay says Give us the girls, or the humans die, and Jira's just like, oh, well, then they die. Given her best Ivan Drago impersonation. Yeah. It's it's cold, no pun intended, but I get it. Like, her, her whole mission is to protect these young women. 
and you know, I, I hate to see Cordelia and Wesley in danger, but I, I have a hard time not empathizing with, with Jira here. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a murky morality issue right there. It like is. That. Oh, it totally is. I'm not saying she's yeah. right, but I, but I get it. Like, yeah, Jira's kind of in the ends justify the means portion mm-hmm. of, of her yeah. plans. So, yeah. uh, and she doesn't know these people. Like, yeah. they're, they're it's no like, one to her. Yeah. And these young women are the people she has, uh, she has, you know, that's her mission in life is to protect these young women at all cost. Um, So, it it feels in character for this nothing of a character. (laughs) But yeah, Cordelia and Wesley uh, do in fact uh, break out of their... uh of them being held and uh angel uses his grappling hooks to just bat people in the face nice. <laughs> this is like hey here's a here's a here's a gas propelled uh piece of metal coming right at you <laughs> and uh tay is making her way to the truck or excuse me wow um jira is making her way to the truck when tay and his men are able to grab her and they get out the cutting tool. And um, it, it is at this point that it should be noted that Tay does refer to Jira as it. Even though up until this point he had been referring to her as the princess. And uh, just as they're about to um, actually cut Jira, Angel is able to uh, grab Tay in a headlock. And says, like, oh, I'll snap his neck unless you let them go. And so uh, Jira's able to uh, get into the truck and drive out. And uh, Angel basically warns Tay, like, hey, go back to your dimension. Go back to Odin Tall and, uh, and like, keep your war out of my dimension. And uh, they, of course, assume that he's a human. He doesn't understand. He's like, I'm not a human. Vamps out. Because, you know... He has to vamp out at least once. Yeah. Listen, they paid good money for those prosthetics. They're going to uh, yeah. use them. <laughs> so the next day, um, earlier in the episode, uh, Cordelia had asked, um, Cordelia had asked uh, Angel to squeeze some coffee beans with his vampire strength. she forgot strength. to buy them. Uh, she forgot to, or she accidentally bought them. In bean uh, form. In bean form instead of grounded. But yeah, uh, so he tries to, at this point he tries to, uh, grind the beans but instead the coffee beans just go everywhere yeah uh, the, one of one very predictable thing happens yeah and of course uh when cordelia and wesley walk in wesley just slips on it and uh <laughs> and then he's like oh no it was my fault um if you want i can wash these for you <laughs> like <laughs> what is with you dude he also apologizes for being taken hostage. He's like, I don't usually get taken hostage. Please don't fire me. And Angel's like, dude, I'm not going to fire you. It just makes me think of that uh, of that iceberg sketch from SNL. Like, yeah. First of all, I turned around and apologized for them bumping into me, which is insane. <laughs> God, that sketch was gold so like, good. just so gold bowen yang was so fucking funny in that yeah. sketch <laughs> you built a bad boat 
um i also like this because it feels like wesley's um reaction to getting held hostage is like the polar opposite of what i would imagine would be the the uh the aftermath of cordelia being held hostage um where she'd be like i deserve overtime this week i got held (laughs) hostage three times uh i i deserved compensation and to that i say you do deserve compensation cordelia yeah, they really do need to, uh, they really do need to, like, rework the, uh, terms of their contract with Angel. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. they deserve hazard pay. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Jira walks in behind them, and, uh, and Cordelia's obviously not a huge fan of Jira, because, like, oh, hey, uh, can I offer you anything? A knife to our neck so you can run away? <laughs> and um so uh angel takes jira into um his office and uh he had mentioned earlier that um four people had died because of you know the uncontrollable co of the um mm-hmm. of the odental women and uh saying that oh there are like consequences to this and again, just like she was ready to let Cordelia and Wesley die, Jira's like, I mean, those people aren't my problem. And Angel's like, look, um, like you can't cross that line. People deserve to be protected no matter what dimension they're from. Uh, and then, um, oh boy, Buffy Wiki, um, the yeah, sexual and political tension thick, thick between them. Jira looks at Angel, then agrees with his terms. She hesitates, clearly torn, clearly having found a desirable mate. And Angel grows even more breathless. Oh, boy. Um, gosh. With the harsh discipline of an abnegation, abnegation as rigid and as necessary as Angel's, <laughs> Jira turns toward the door, away from the object of her desire. God damn it. As she walks away from him, Angel sees what he has already inescapably sensed. Jira's co glows red hot, raging desire at war with self-preservation. Angel stands desperately immobile until she is out of range. With she capitalized like the show <laughs> like the episode title. Jeez, who wrote what? this entry? That was more, honestly, and I feel like I said this during Expecting as well, that paragraph you just read was far more interesting than anything we saw in that episode. Like, I kept looking for a stopping point, but then I read the next sentence and I'm like, oh my god, I have to keep reading this. This is insane. (laughs) This is very erotic. But yeah, um, and I have to say that uh, it does seem very poorly placed. For one... I don't think that, uh, I guess to me it wasn't as obvious that they were trying to, like, make an intense attraction between Jira and Angel. Um, but, uh, even if they were, I have to say that, um, it, it feels like not bad timing. You don't want to put this in an episode that is about female circumcision. I... Um, yeah, that's not... It's so tonally off. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just... And that's that's the end of She, guys. I'm, I'm done 
I'm done <laughs> summing I'm up done. this episode. I think I think the Buffy wiki did more here than I did. Oh my uh, gosh. Apparently, huh. uh, in an interview with Bai Ling, she like really wanted to come back to the show and like be a recurring character. And I mean, I appreciate that she likes the part and that she wants to work, but I don't need to see Jira again ever. And I won't because she doesn't ever come back. Um, that's weird. I think, uh, I think I looked on like up her character page and, um, I think she does have an appearance in another episode. Does she? No, she can't. Uh, Heat. Heat? Oh, wait a minute. Never mind. That is a crossover novel uh, between Buffy and Angel. Okay. I was like, I don't remember an episode called Heat. (laughs) There is an episode called Heat of Smallville, though. Oh, oh, that episode is so uncomfortable. That's the one where he first gets his heat vision, right? Because he's horny for his teacher? Um, Or is that a different episode? Well, now I'm trying to remember if um, if that's the one with like the coach that has fire powers when he's angry. Because oh, I'm looking it up. Yeah, uh, I I remember that one too. Um, it's probably the Heat Vision episode. Yeah, no, yeah, Heat is is the it's the second uh, second episode of season two. Clark discovers his heat vision. Okay. And it's literally treated like premature ejaculation. It, I was so uncomfortable watching that episode. But, you know, that makes total sense. Um, Hothead was the one with the uh, coach. Ah, yes. Um, I see. But anyway, this isn't a Smallville podcast. Of course, <laughs> this episode, I kind of wish it was. Um, yeah, right. Yeah. But yeah uh, so that's she, you guys. Um, oh, oh, oh. There is one more thing that happens, though. Oh, you mean in the credits when we get more? Yes, of, when we get more of Angel and Wesley dancing. Yes, it is the only time in either series that I, at least that I can remember. Um, oh no, no, I'm taking it back. There is an episode of Buffy that does something similar. Um, the puppet show episode in season one has a couple outtakes during the credits, um, and then this episode has the. Yeah, just more shots of Wesley and Angel dancing, playing <laughs> Which during the is credits. Great. It's so good, and I don't know if you noticed this, but during the shots of Angel dancing behind him, you can see Laura, the girl he talked to at the party, just slowly backing <laughs> away from him with a horrified look on her face. <sighs> but yeah, that that was an episode. Um, yeah. Yeah, this episode is not great. Um, it, it's interesting how I I feel like the first run of episodes wasn't terrible of Angel, like the first half of the season, but now we're getting to some real growing pains with uh, this mm-hmm. first season. And uh, yeah, so it, it kind of, it's kind of not great. Um, like I said, tonally weird and at times inappropriate Mm -hmm. um and just downright forgettable like i remember i remember when we did the hot takes episode and you said this was your least favorite episode and i had to look it up and it's and even after i read a little bit of the summary i still didn't remember what it was about uh i'm like 
it, this is such a throwaway episode and yeah i can't really say too much more about it yeah. it's, the only important thing that happens in this episode is that wesley officially becomes a member of team angel and, and we learn why angel doesn't dance yeah yeah <laughs> uh i don't know Dave Boreanaz had some slick moves. <laughs> uh, when he does the little claps, that's what gets yeah. me every time. I'm I also like, really liked his kind of like um, like throwing dollar bills uh, <laughs> move. <laughs> uh, but, um, um, that felt very much like David Boreanaz. <laughs> like, not a, like, you know, they just went, David, just start dancing. And he was like... You got it. But yeah, I, I think like the the enjoyable nature of that dance will keep me from giving this episode like a 0. 0.5, but I'm just going to give it like one leftover shrimp puff mm-hmm. out of five. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I know it's my least favorite episode, as I have said, but I do think objectively there are worse episodes like expecting um and you know maybe i would have given this a lower rating if we hadn't have just seen expecting (laughs) i think that i think that i'm kind of in the same boat where i'm just like i can't in good conscience give this the same and or lower a lower score than what i gave expecting um even though i want to (laughs) um but yeah it's just yeah totally strange uh, subject matter that, quite frankly, the show had no business approaching. Super forgettable outside of outside of Cordelia's party, um, and like a couple minor funny moments here and there. Um, yeah, I literally I wish this episode had been just a, a, a comedy episode where Cordelia throws a party and maybe a, maybe maybe Phantom Dennis gets possessed by another spirit and goes nuts. That's the episode I wanted. Oh, uh, um, like the episode of um of Doctor Who, where uh, the the Doctor's wife, where the TARDIS um, spirit yeah. is ejected from it, and then a new spirit takes over the TARDIS. Yeah, yeah, I'm into that. Yeah, but that, that was a bitchin' episode written by Mister Neil, Neil Gaiman. Gaiman. But that's not what we got. Uh, nope. Um, so I'm gonna give this episode one nice delivery out of five. Uh, yeah, it's just so bland, so forgettable. I was literally struggling to remember what happened while we were discussing it. <laughs> like, like I said, I couldn't even remember the names of the demons. And oh I honestly, when, like, and now I, I need to look back up just to see, like, what they're actually called. Vigories. Yeah, right. When you were, like, talking about how they eat, rot, like, compost, I was like, they do? I don't remember that. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, that, that honestly had no no bearing on the demons at all except oh this is why they're hiding out at a plant nursery yeah so yeah um luckily um we do have a buffing episode next week of course because that's how we do this but our next angel episode is far superior and one of my favorites of the entire series all right um so we have that to look forward to and we've gotten through this gross duo of expecting <laughs> and she. Um, so, uh, do you have anything else? Nope. Let's get out of here. All right. 
Um, this episode's pretty short. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine with that. Thank you for joining us on Booze and Buffy. We'll be back next week with Buffy Season 4, Episode 14, Goodbye, Iowa. Goodbye. I wonder who might have some focus in an episode called Goodbye, Iowa. <laughs> it's something involving cream corn. <laughs> Uh, I'm Jason. You can find me on Instagram at yamij357 and on Twitter at just plain old yamij. And if you want to hear about more of my adventures, you can check out my travel blog in which my French cousin and I tried to spend a year enjoying different drinks of the world without consuming any alcohol. All you have to do is just do a Google search for Pierre because I don't drink. You're ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Harrison. You can find me on Instagram at Harrison Alexander Kaufman and on Twitter at Harrison Kaufman. That's spelled C-O-F-F-M-A-N. I also write a blog where I review a different horror movie every week. This week, I am reviewing the classic, the wonderful, the best, maybe one of my favorite horror movies of all time, in honor of Alien Day, April 26th, I covered Alien. Yay! Um, and on that note, I want to mention a text conversation that Jason and I had uh, while I was um, uh, <laughs> while I was editing our Expecting episode. And I texted him and I went, we made so many references to Alien in this episode about like unnatural involuntary pregnancy and yet didn't ever bring up the fact that that's what alien is about (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) but that's how bad expecting is is that it just it broke our brains that much god Um, my brain feels fried after this episode yeah um but yes i yeah i covered alien uh i had such a blast revisiting it's one of my favorite movies of all time it's true i've watched it at least twice with them Mm -hmm. uh you can find us on facebook instagram and twitter at booze and buffy or you can email us at booze and buffy at gmail.com the and is spelled out a and d in all of those instances Also, please do not forget to subscribe and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And each week, we like to give a shout out to a worthy charity or nonprofit. This week, we're highlighting Resilience Advocates for Ending Violence. The mission of Resilience Advocates Advocates for Ending Violence is to respond to, reduce, and prevent domestic and sexual violence in Ottawa and um, Allegan counties. I think that's right. Okay. Um, I'm not too familiar with that. Sorry, guys. Uh, visit www.resiliencemi.org for more information. Mm-hmm. And as always, go slay. And be gay. Goodbye. Bye.